Hey fam, you're listening to a podcast from Every Nation Campus Katipunan. We hope that this message will help us know and follow Jesus and grow in our walk with Him. Let's continue to change the campus and change the world. Enjoy! What's up everybody? My name is Red and like what Gia said, I'm one of the life coaches here at Ian Campus Katipunan. And it's really an honor um, to be able to share with you guys God's Word today and to just encourage everybody and even to um, open up this new series entitled I Am With You. So I'm really excited to start, but before uh, we really dive into the message, um, I kind of want to give um, a heads up, a warning uh, to all of you. The way this message is going to go tonight is, do you guys know major parang log jam ng EK? Instead of like going up, it's just going to drop like right away. So <laughs> it's just going to get a bit heavy at the start, um, but promise it gets better. So just take a deep breath, inhale, outhale, <laughs> outhale. And then just say or type, it gets better. So, kapitayo, okay? Game. I'm really, really, really excited to encourage all of us tonight, especially during times like these. And I'm sure all of us um, know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm saying we are living in very dark times. Um, we have a pandemic, and then there have been multiple calamities. So pandemic and calamities. Two words I, I don't even need to expound I don't need to explain anymore what it is. You guys get it right away. I know what you're talking about. It's been eight months. But when I was thinking about this, I realized that we don't just live in dark times, but even in general, we live in a very dark world. Even before the pandemic, the world has been very dark. Um, there's this amazing song that, that I heard, and, and one of the lines just really uh, got to me. And the line goes, it really hurts. And I think that line is just a great description of, of life and of the world that we live in. I mean, the whole line goes, it really hurts. And I realize, you know what? You don't even need to love to get hurt. You just need to live. Life is painful. Life gets very painful. Um, this world is very dark. Even before the pandemic, um, medically speaking, people got sick. People suffer through sickness. And sometimes people also pass away from disease. Um, you know, that, that's been happening before the pandemic. Um, in terms of relationships, uh, you can love, but also people can leave. And you can be in a family, you can be in a home, a place where it's supposed to feel like a refuge, but that can also be one of the places where you feel most unsafe or one of the places where you feel most unwelcome. Families can fight and even break up. Um, we live in a time of uncertainty. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what kind of future um, awaits us and awaits our children, our children's children. We don't know what kind of planet we're leaving them. And I'm sure even like, for example, si Carlos, I'm sure, check in the comments, comment But yeah, the reality is we live in a dark world and it's not easy to live in darkness. I mean, guys, madilim ang dark. That's just a simple truth. You can write that in your notes. That's a power line. That's, that's an amazing, mind-blowing, wise fact. But kidding aside, the truth is we live in a dark world. And there are things that happen outside the world, and there are things that happen in our own lives that sometimes make us wonder, God, where are you? What do I, what do, what do, I do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to hold on to to keep me okay? What's supposed to reassure me during times like these? God... Have you abandoned us? Are you still there? Were you ever really there? And that's why we're doing this new series because 
The truth is in the midst of the darkness, Jesus comes in and he tells us, I am with you. That's God's promise. So how do we know? Let's look into the word today. Let's open to John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, and then jumping to verse 9. If you guys aren't familiar with the book of John, basically there's this guy named John who was one of Jesus' closest friends when Jesus walked on the earth. And towards the end of his life, John decided, I need to make an eyewitness account of everything that I experienced with Jesus. I need to show people who Jesus is so they can put their faith in him as well. And this is how John opens his whole eyewitness account about Jesus. So let's read it. It says in John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that tonight we can talk about you. We can talk about who you are, God, and what you've come to do. Jesus, thank you that even in times of of great darkness, you are still there. You are still there to tell us, I am with you. And you are the light who's come into the world to bring us out of darkness. I pray, Jesus, that your light would shine in our hearts, would shine on our eyes and on our minds, Lord, that we may come to know you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's dive right into this. Let's look at the first few lines of what John was saying. Actually, fun fact, this, was a, this section was a poem. So that's why the words are a bit... Um, different or like major flowery. So John starts off by saying, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So it's kind of confusing. What is John talking about? But here are some things that can help us understand more what John is saying. First of all, when John says word, he means Jesus. So when he's saying, you know, um, word, he means Jesus. So in the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. So just remember that when John says word, he means Jesus. You can see it all over the chapter. And, ah, okay. When he says word, it means Jesus. So why didn't he just say Jesus? <laughs> why complicate it? But here's the genius of John. He um, used this term word very specifically for a purpose. And here's why. The term word in the Greek, it's logos. It means something both to Jews and to Greeks. Um, it automatically um, just brings an idea to mind. For the Jews, when you say the word of God, it's the instrument by which God creates. And when, and so we see here, when God creates, he doesn't have to move. He doesn't have to lift a finger. He, he just has to speak and things come into being. And John is saying the word of God, which he uses to create, that's Jesus. And then for the Greeks, John was tapping into this thing that was already there in Greek philosophy. For hundreds of years, Greek philosophers have been discussing life and the universe. And what they realized was the universe and life isn't just random, but it seems like there's this order, there's this logic to it, that if we can just understand it and and align our lives to that thing, life will just make so much sense. It's this mysterious transcendent thing that if we can just grasp it, We can understand the meaning of life and we can understand how to live life as we should. And John takes that idea and says, you know, that mysterious idea that you've been trying to figure out, but after hundreds of years, you couldn't figure out. John says that logos is Jesus. 
Jesus is the meaning of life and Jesus brings order to the whole universe and behind the whole universe is Jesus. John was saying in the beginning was the word and that word is, is Jesus. And so these first few lines, John was already making these bold, audacious claims and here's one of them. Jesus is the creator and the source of all life. Jesus is the creator and the source of all life. So we're going to look at different truths that John was saying that helps us make sense of life and darkness and light. But here's the first one. Jesus is the creator and the source of all life. As John was beginning to explain who Jesus is and how we understand God and hope and darkness, he starts with this foundational central truth of the Bible, that in the beginning, a good God created a good world. And he also created us. And the reason why God created us is so that we can co-rule with him in running this world and making this world to be a place where life can flourish and community can flourish and creation, the environment can flourish. And that happens when we co-rule with God under his authority. And God wants us to stay close to him, to be in relationship with him. And now the question is, okay, God created the world and then he created us, but why does he want us to be in close relationship with him? And there's a lot of answers, but here's one of them. Very simple. Because he wants us to be alive. So we can be alive. So we can have life. John chapter 1 verse 4 says this. In him, in Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. And later, Jesus would say in John 10, 10, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The heart of God for you and me is to have life and have it to the full. He's not holding back. He doesn't want you to live a miserable life. But the heart of God is for us to have life and life to the full. So, so that's his heart. And we find that in Jesus. In him was life. And so that's the first thing we see, that Jesus is the creator and the source of all life. But that's not all he is. John continues. Here's another thing that John is saying about Jesus. Jesus is the light we all need. Jesus is the light that we all need. John 1 verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life in him was the light of men. The life in him brings light, and it's the light that we all need. And so what we see is the heart of God is for us to be alive, to have life, but also for us to be in the light. The heart of God is for us to be in the light. So what does that mean? It's very poetic. It's very artistic. It's very metaphorical. What does it mean to be in the light? So one thing we, one way we can see it is that to be in the light is to have clarity. Things are clear. You understand things. Um, light actually in the Bible is a metaphor for truth. And so when you say you're in the light, you have the truth. You, the way you see things is, is right. You're not deceived. You know what's true. You know what's false. The way you view reality is, is correct. You know you don't have a false view of reality. When we're in the light, we see things clearly. When we're in the darkness, we can easily be deceived and we can see things the wrong way. Um, one example is my sister's professor. My sister studied in the College of Fine Arts. And one of her professors, one night, as he was walking home from work from a really tiring day, um, he, in this dark esquinita, he sees this huge dog like just tearing apart this tiny dog. You know, he's been a bully a big dog, a small dog. So he's And then he gets an umbrella and he like smacks the big dog. Oh, you just can imagine. And then, and then the dog runs away and then the tiny dog is there and, and super kawawa as in like basang-basa, tapos yung medyo sugat-sugat. So he just, he takes the small dog. He, he, 
he brings the small dog and he, he reassures the small dog, shh, it's okay. And then he, he walks home. He takes it to his house, to his bathroom. He gives it a, a bath. He makes sure it's okay. He cleans it up. And then, you know, to really reassure the dog of safety, he, he brings his tiny dog with him in bed. And then they sleep beside each other. And he just reassures the small dog, it's okay. I got you. I'm here. You know, you're going to be okay. And then they fall asleep. And so that the night is over and then the day comes and then they see the sunlight and he's just, he wakes up and he's like, wow, good morning, papi. And then he's feeling the dog and he's looking at the dog and parang, bakit ang haba ng ilong mo? Bakit ang haba ng buntot mo? Ay, nagaka pala! And he just throws the yung mouse and yung daga parang, ano nangyari? Kala ko mahal mo ko. And then, wala. So w- when you're in the dark, it's so easy to be deceived and to see things in a way na parang, it's not what it really is. But when you're in the light, you see things more clearly and you're not deceived. Another way, we, we, another thing we mean when we say you're in the light is you're free to move. You can move around. You know, when you're in the light, you can move around. Um, there's a verse where Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You're free to move. When you embrace a lie, you're enslaved. And so when you're in the light, you just feel that, that freedom that you can move around. Uh, another way we can talk about this is when you're in the light, you experience security. You know, when you're in the light, you're not afraid that somebody will just sneak up on you because ninjas can't hide in the light, as far as I know. Um, people, it's harder for people to, to harm you in the light, so you feel a sense of security. Other emotions we feel when we talk about, you know, being in the light, we experience hope, we experience joy, we experience peace. And then lastly, when you're in the light, you have the freedom to live as you should. You're not enslaved by, by these habits or, or destructive patterns where you, you harm yourself or you harm other people, you hurt other people, you're free from a life of, of shame, of guilt, of fear. That's what it means when you're in the light. You're not enslaved by shame. You're not enslaved by fear. Those are the things that thrive in the dark. And so we're, we're looking at this whole thing and what you see is Jesus is the creator and the source of all life, and Jesus is the light we all need. And so what we can understand is that the heart of God is for us to be alive and to be in the light. But what do we see now? John 1 verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness. And so the third truth that I want to point out is, is there is darkness. The Bible acknowledges the reality of darkness. And so this is where more questions come in. God, if you're good and you made a good world, why is there so much darkness? And what kind of darkness are we talking about? It's the same darkness that I talked about at the beginning. The external darkness, how the world is so full of suffering, injustice, oppression, death, wars, and how the wicked can get away with corruption and incompetence, and how there's, there can just be so much deception on social media. There's this external darkness in the world. But that's not all that there is. There's, there's this internal darkness in, in all of our hearts. The emotional darkness that we feel is all the emotions that are opposite of what I described of being in the light. In the dark, you experience that, that anxiety, um, that feeling that you can't move, that feeling, that, that, that feeling of fear. What if I make a wrong move and I hurt myself? Um, you ever have, have you ever had that experience where you're, you're suddenly in a blackout or brownout and you're suddenly in total darkness? Or maybe you've gone spelunking in a cave and then you didn't have your own flashlight. And so every time the light shines away and you're in the dark, you just you freeze. Because right next to you is a 50-foot drop or whatever, and you don't want to die. When you're in the darkness, there's so much anxiety. There's so much uncertainty. Like, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? You're blindly guessing. There's a lot of confusion. You can feel a lot of hopelessness, a lot of grief. 
a lot of despair, depression, pain. And it's not just emotional darkness. The same darkness and evil we see in the world is the same darkness that we can actually see when we look inside our own hearts. Inside our own, or our own hearts, there's actually a lot of darkness. We have our own doses of injustice and oppression and anger and hatred. Times when we've put people down just to lift ourselves up so we feel better about ourselves. Times when we've canceled people. Times when we didn't treat them as human beings. The times when we just indulge in lust and in objectifying human beings. And so we find ourselves in deep shame, in deep fear, in deep guilt. These are the darkest things in our hearts. And honestly, if, if we're going to be honest about ourselves, we know it. We know it's there. If your deepest, darkest thoughts and desires were broadcasted on FB Live, one second palang canceled ka na. One second palang, you're going to die from cringe and from shame. There's a deep darkness in our own hearts, and I've felt that. I've, I have my own experiences with darkness. I get frustrated with the darkness of the world. There, there have been times of darkness in my own life, times when I've cried out, God, di ko na alam. God, di ko na kaya asang ka. And times when I've struggled with things that I'm, I'm so ashamed of. Times when I've struggled with, with guilt and, and lust and, and objectifying other people. There's a deep darkness in all of us. Now the question is, how did we end up in this darkness? Good God, good world created us, but now it's, there's darkness. How? John 3, verse 19, Jesus says this. It's kind of painful. But he says this, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. People love the darkness rather than the light. And so what we realize is this is the, the next truth. There is darkness because we rejected the light. We are in darkness because we rejected the light. If we go back to creation, how things got messed up in the first place. God made a good world. God created us but he also gave us a choice. We had a choice. We could either trust God. We could either stay close to God, stay in relationship with God and trust his definitions of right and wrong. Trust that his authority is a good authority that builds us up and doesn't tear us down. We can trust that God knows what he means when he says, I want what's best for you. Or we can choose to do things our own way. We can choose the lie that God is not enough. God won't satisfy you. God is not good. God's not after your best. God's holding back on you. He doesn't want you to enjoy life. He wants to take from you. He wants to limit your life. And, and the lie is that we can run our lives better without God. And that, that's what we did. If you go back to the beginning, that's what humans did. We chose the lie over the light. We cut ourselves off from our source of light. And that's how we ended up where we are. And it makes perfect sense. To reject the light, where else will you end up but in the dark? To cut yourself off from life, what else will you experience but death? All of us have cut ourselves off from life and we are like laptops na buhay pa naman pero wala nang charger. Slowly, we're just, we're just dying. Darkness doesn't point to the non-existence of light. Darkness points to our rejection of light. And John Piper, uh, pastor, says this. Our problem is not that we lack the light, but that we love the dark. <sighs> so how does this happen? I mean, in general, in the external world, I get it. In the world, it's dark because collectively we made that decision to turn away from God. 
But how's it, how does this happen in our own lives and in our hearts? I mean, nobody just decides now, you know what? I want to be in the dark and I want to be in hopelessness and in grief and, and anxiety. Nobody, nobody decides that. All, honestly, all of us want light. But the question is, are we after the true light? That's different. So John 1 verse 9 says this, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so the logic is, if there's a true light, then there are also false lights. And if we go back to the metaphor that light is truth, then the false light is something that pretends to be true, pretends to be good, but honestly, it's not. It's not good for you. Here's an example. Um, there's this very common, almost default belief or way of seeing the world and life. And it's so pervasive in movies and media and everything. And, and here's how it goes. If you want to live a good life, if you want to, if you want to like, fulfill life, like the goal of life is to be happy. And how are we to be happy? We don't look around. We don't look up. We look within. Look deep inside your heart and ask yourself, what do I really want? What are my desires? What am I after? And then go fulfill them. Go after your desires and live it out. Live out your, your most true, authentic self. And anybody who tries to stop you is oppressing you. Anybody who tries to stop you is, is an oppressive traditional institution that should be broken down so we can be happy. And it's so popular. You know, in Disney, the way it's said is follow your heart. That, that's how it's said. In music, it can be, this is our home. This is our house. We can't stop. We won't stop. It, it's so popular. But here's what, what's wrong with that. Number one, our desires are conflicting. You don't really know what you want all the time. Joa, career. Um, love of my life in Hong Kong or fly to Canada to fulfill my dreams. Your desires are conflicting. They're not always aligned and like easy to follow, but they can be conflicting. Which one will we choose? Our desires are always changing. We don't always know what we want because it's so like, fluid. And lastly, our desires are crushing. You, if you want to be happy, you look in your heart and you fulfill those desires. Now, the fulfillment of your life is on you. The pressure is on you. Now you have to go do it. Now you have to go fulfill it. You have to make your dream come true. And what if life just doesn't work out? That's on you. Our desires are crushing, but at the same time, the disappointment is crushing. So many celebrities and athletes have this common syndrome and experience where once they reach the peak of their careers and they reach all of their dreams, they suddenly crash in depression and in despair because they, they finally got everything they ever wanted, but then they find that they're still empty because those things were never meant to fulfill them. If we embrace a false kind of light, we end up in darkness. And sometimes it's not even like false lights, you know, like that. But sometimes it's when we take a minor light, something that's good and meant to point you to God and God actually wants it for you. But we elevate it to the position of ultimate light. These are things like academics and achievement and family and relationships. We know we elevate these things to the position of ultimate light when whenever something goes wrong in these areas, we, it feels like we get plunged in deep darkness. It feels like our... Are, we are robbed of, of peace and joy and hope and security. And so it's good to check, like, are there things in my life where I have elevated it to the position of ultimate light rather than where it should be? Have I cast away the ultimate light, which is Jesus? And have I traded him for lesser lights that, are, that were never meant to fulfill me? 
And so I want you guys to search your hearts because whenever we do that, we push Jesus away and we can't experience the true light. We are left in darkness. And so here's where we are. We end up in darkness when we reject the true light and embrace false lights or when we elevate minor lights to the position of ultimate light. And all of these are acts of rejection. All of these are decisions to not trust God. And we push him away until we're left in the dark. And now the question is, how does God respond when he finds us in the dark because of our rejection of his life and his light? John 1 verses 4 to 5 says this, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here's the last truth as I end. Jesus, the light of the world, entered and experienced our darkness to bring us into light. Jesus, the light of the world, entered and experienced our darkness to bring us into light. I love how the verse says the light shines in the darkness. It doesn't say the light shines from afar towards the darkness. No, the light shines in the darkness. And John 12 Verse 46, Jesus says this, I have come into the world as light so that whoever, whoever believes in me, whoever puts their faith in me, whoever decides to trust me may not remain in darkness. That's the heart of God for you. It's the most surprising thing. Honestly, with everything we've done, we deserve darkness. We deserve rejection and abandonment and hopelessness, um, indifference. We deserve to be forgotten, to be left in the dark because we rejected God. And if he did actually do that, if he actually left us in the dark, that's no fault on him. You would still be good. He has every right. But that's not, what we, that's not what he did. Here's us in the dark walking around and just trying to figure things out and, and we feel hopeless and everything. And then suddenly we bump into Jesus. And it's that most wondrous surprise the pattern. What are you doing here? Why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. I don't deserve that you're here with me in the dark. But that's what he did. Jesus entered our dark. He entered our darkness and he experienced all of it. Jesus experienced grief. Jesus experienced pain. Jesus suffered. He, you know, John says at one point, Jesus wept out of grief. He experienced that. He knows what it's like. Jesus experienced loneliness and rejection. At one point, his closest friends left him and betrayed him, pretended to not even know him. Jesus experienced what it's like to cry out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He experienced what it's like to to feel, to be disconnected from God. He's, He's experienced what it's like for his prayers to go unanswered. Father, if it's possible, All things are possible. Let this cup be taken away from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And the Father says, no, it must be done. And lastly, Jesus experienced ultimate darkness when on the cross, he embraced death. He embraced our death. And the way this song by Hillsong United puts it is, it's really really great. It says, God of salvation, you chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride. And on a hill that you created, the light of the world abandoned in darkness to die. Where is God when we find ourselves in darkness? He's right there with us. He says, I am with you. The cross is our ultimate proof 
that he, that Jesus is with us in the darkness. And Jesus' resurrection is our ultimate hope that he can pull us out of darkness. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. And thank you for this amazing news. And yes, God, we acknowledge it. It's true. We live in the dark and we live in a dark world and there's no use denying it. There's no use covering it up in, in positivity or in optimism. But Jesus, you did not leave us in the dark. This is our fault, but you don't leave us here. You entered our dark and you pulled us out. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray for everybody here who's struggling with that and, and feels like they're in the dark. I pray that you reassure them that in your darkness, I am with you. I pray that you would remind them that you take our darkness so we can experience light. Jesus, we, we look to you tonight. Let us experience your light tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You just listened to a podcast from Every Nation Campus Katipunan. For more details, you can find us on Facebook.com, Twitter.com, and Instagram.com slash ENCampusKatip. Or just simply search in these websites, Every Nation Campus Katipunan. We hope to see you there. Take care and God bless.